I want to be reading from John chapter 1, the first 14 verses, the Gospel of John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. May God bless the reading of his word to us this morning. Let's just pray and ask God's blessing upon this time. Father, we, uh, we do thank you so much as we take communion. We do remember, Lord, Christmas is Christmas because of the cross. Lord, if Jesus had not been willing to go to the cross, he wouldn't have had to come as a babe. So we thank you for all that this holiday means to us. We thank you, Lord, for Jesus. We give you glory for him. Please do your good work in our hearts as we sit under your word this morning. And may it speak to our hearts and bring life and light. And may it draw our hearts closer to Jesus. We ask in his name and for his glory. Amen. You all know this, but John's opening words are reminiscent of the opening words of Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning... God created the heaven and the earth. Before anything was created, when there was no universe, there was no earth, there was no sun, no moon, no land, no mankind, no angels, no devils. Before anything was created, God was. He was. God has no beginning. He has existed eternally. He will exist eternally. So in the beginning is a reference point to the beginning of creation. To the beginning of everything else other than God. In the beginning, God created. Now John tells us in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the word was God, and all things were created through him. Everything that was created was created through the word. And we know that the word refers to Jesus Christ. 
everything that created. When God said, let there be light, the agent who created that light, caused it to burst forth, was Jesus. The Father spoke. Jesus was the agent through whom the light was created. And so it is with the sun and the moon and vegetables and land and, and mankind. All things were created through Jesus. And it says Jesus, the word, was with God and he was God. Because in that we see both that Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. He is the Son of God who was with God the Father and with God the Holy Spirit. But then he goes on to say, and Jesus, the Word, was God. Because Jesus, as the second person of the Trinity, is fully God. He's not one-third God. He's not part God. He is fully, fully God. God is one. We can't understand this, so... But God is one. There's not three gods. But that one God is expressed in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And each person is fully God. Jesus was with God. Jesus was God. And in verse 14, John says, the word became flesh. That's the miracle of incarnation that we celebrate at Christmas time. The Word became flesh. God became a man. Jesus put on flesh. But the question I might wonder about is why doesn't it just say, in the beginning was Jesus? And Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. Why this reference to the Word? John is trying to communicate to us that God is a communicating God. God is a God who speaks to the world. He speaks to his people. He communicates. He shares. And so Jesus is the ultimate communication from God. He is the ultimate expression of who God is. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. There's no daylight between them. There's no difference. Like the Father acts this way, Jesus acts that way. When you have seen me, you have seen the Father. That's why we can know with all our hearts that the Father is compassionate to the poor, to the sick, to the outcast, because Jesus was. Why his heart reached out to the sinner and drew them close, because Jesus did. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Jesus speaks God's heart to us. And as we prepare our hearts for Christmas and all that it means to us, let's posture our heart this morning to hear what Jesus communicates about God to us. The first point I want to make is Jesus communicates God's perfect love to an undeserving world. Jesus communicates God's perfect love to an undeserving world. John 3.16 for God so loved the world that he gave. Christmas is when we celebrate Jesus. God gave. God gave us his son. His only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loved this broken, rebellious, darkened world so much. He gave us what we needed most and what cost him the most. He gave us his heart. He gave us his son. Jesus became flesh, 
born a helpless babe in a poor family, in a stinky stable. Jesus took on all the limitations that we have as people. The gravity that he created, he now lived under it. The weight of physical limitations, Jesus became tired. He became hungry. All the things he created in the world, he now was subject to as a man. And he did that in order to communicate to us the light and love and grace and truth and mercy of God. Jesus communicates God's love to us. I don't know if you do this. I do this occasionally. Have you ever gone outside in a beautiful evening and looked up at the stars and the moon? And just, it's just awesome to consider the sky, the night sky. There's something so awesome about it. Sometimes my son Jared pulls out his telescope and we're looking at stars or we're looking at planets that are so distant away it's, we can't even comprehend. But there's a side effect to that that we can feel, especially in our more introspective moments. Like what is my life really worth? What's the meaning of my life when I'm looking at a star that's, you know, 20 billion light years away? What, what, what is my life? I'm so small. I'm so insignificant. Have you, I don't know if you've ever wondered that. Maybe that's not what brings it out in you. Maybe it's some other context, but you just wonder, what's my life worth? What Does my life have meaning? Is, is my life important? Christmas answers that. There's that great carol. We're going to close with it this morning. Oh, holy night. And the first line of that is this. Oh, holy night. The stars are brightly shining. So somebody's out there looking at the stars, like I am sometimes, like maybe you are. The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Isn't that beautiful? It was a star that God used to point the wise men to Jesus. It was a cold, brilliant, distant star, impersonal, that God used to point to the Savior whose birth communicated God's deeply personal love to you and to me. What is your soul worth? What is your soul worth? To God, it's worth dying for. To God, your soul is worth dying for. Now that is not the same thing as saying you are worthy of God dying for you. It's not saying you're worthy of Jesus giving his life on the cross. That would mean he de you deserved him to go to the cross and you did not and I did not. He came with grace, which is always undeserved. When you hear somebody say, you know, I deserve grace, they don't understand grace. You are not worthy of Jesus dying. You are not, I am not worthy of one precious drop of his blood. We don't deserve it, but we are worth it to him. Why? Why? It's not because we're incredibly talented and good-looking and God just couldn't imagine spending eternity without us. 
No insult to you. It's because he loves you. That's what adds the worth to our lives. And you might be incredibly good looking and talented and all that, but that's not why God loves you. That's not why he loves us. He gave his life for us when we were his enemies. Romans 8 verse, or 5 verse 8. God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What imparts meaning and value to our lives is we were loved by God. And Jesus communicates that. This Christmas, remember that you are loved by God. Amen? You are loved by God. Your soul is worth dying for to God because he loves you so much and he loves me so much. But I want to I bore down a little bit more when it says God so loved the world. Because that's hard for us. That just feels impersonal. Have you ever heard a famous person say to a large crowd, I love you? You know, or somebody on a podcast with a billion listeners, I love you. I know Taylor Swift often will tell in her concerts, I love you, you know, and she's got 50, 60,000 people there, I love you, you know, and I, and I believe Taylor Swift actually has a stronger bond with her fans than a lot of famous people do, but, but when she says, I love you, if you were to assume that that means you and Tay-Tay are besties, and you just kind of like she loves you personally, deeply, and so you just want to hang out with her this Christmas day, maybe grab dinner together, you might be in for a surprise that she loves you when you're in the crowd. She doesn't love you personally. No slight on her. She can't. She doesn't know you. So it is possible to love a crowd and not love a single individual in that crowd. And we can think that's what God means when he says, God so loved the world, I love you. But no, God loves differently than that. When God says, I love you to the world, he is saying, I love you to each individual. He loves the world one person at a time. One heart at a time. One soul at a time. That's how God loves us. He loves you personally. He loves the person next to you personally. He loves the world personally. He counts the hairs on every scalp on the earth. What a job. But why? Why did Jesus say that? Is that, you know, like what's the, the purpose is to say how intimately God knows us and loves us. So when God says, I love the world... I'm sending my son for the world. Every individual is in his heart. And anyone who believes in Christ will be saved. That's the message Jesus spoke. The love of God. The second message Jesus communicates by becoming flesh and dwelling among us is God. he commutes God's pure truth in a lying world. A lying world. We, we live in a lying world. You notice that the first thing God created after creating the heavens and the earth was light. He created light. Now, some scientists say, no, see, you know, he doesn't create the sun for another day or two. 
But he created light. Well, yeah, he created the thing we know as light. It is a thing. The sun doesn't, didn't create light. God created light. Didn't need the sun for there to be light. And light is an extension, the Bible tells us, of who God is. And the Bible says God is light, and in him there is no darkness, no shadow of darkness. Darkness in this text context represents evil and sin and lying, deception. What are lies meant to do? They're meant to keep us in the dark or keep someone else in the dark to keep us from the light of truth. Jesus came to shine the light of truth in a darkened world. John writes in verse 5, in him, or in verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Christmas time is a time of light because Jesus came as the light. Sin is deceptive. Sin is deceptive. <coughs> it lies to us. The devil, Jesus said, is the father of lies. The father of lies. He is that lying is his native tongue. Even when he tells the truth, he tells it to tell a lie. His goal is a lie. Darkness, evil, and lies are the currency of the devil's kingdom. When Adam and Eve gave in to the serpent's temptation, the world became a darkened place full of evil and deception and lies. And into that darkened world, Jesus came to shine the light of truth. Verse 9 and 10, John writes this, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. <clears throat> Jesus came as the light, and he came to shine the light of who God is and truth. But his own people rejected him. His own people said no. Why? Well, John will answer that in chapter 3. When John writes this in verse 19, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. <clears throat> Here's what sin did. Sin terminally bent our hearts towards darkness, terminally bent us towards deception. We are predisposed to deception. We are predisposed to lying. We have a deeply embedded bias towards believing lies Speaking lies and suppressing truth. Darkness can never overcome the light, but it can cause us to hate the light and run from it. Jesus came to tell the truth. He is 
the truth. He is the truth. If we want to live in deception, if we want to live in lies, if we want to live doing evil, if we value other things and other agendas more than we do the truth, we don't want Jesus. We don't. If we value lies over truth, we don't want Jesus because Jesus is going to tell the truth. He's going to speak the truth. He is truth. It's in the light where our deeds are exposed. See, we have a choice, and I'm talking about every human being who lives on this earth. We have a choice. Do we want life and light and truth? Or do we want to hide our sins? Do we want to be exposed for who we are and then saved? Or do we want to hide who we are to save our image, to save our pride? That is the case. Our sinful hearts, they, they are bent in a direction. I want to hide. I want to hide from God. I want to hide from truth. I want to hide from light. I don't want the light to shine on this. But when we come to Jesus... We're walking in the light. It means getting honest with God. It means getting honest with God. It means getting honest with ourselves. It means getting honest with other people. Honest about our immorality. Honest about our alcoholism, addiction to pride, selfishness. Honest about our anger, our hatred. Honest about our bitterness, our spite, our laziness. Honest about our lack of compassion. Honest about our failures and our fears. Honest about our mistakes. Honest about our cruelty. Honest about who we are. Honest about our doubt and unbelief towards God. Honest about our need for God's forgiveness and his salvation. If we want Jesus, we want truth. If we want Jesus... We want light. Jesus came as the light into the world. But the sad truth was, most did not want the light because their deeds, John said, were evil. They wanted to hide the evil. They valued darkness and they hated the light. Jesus came to his own, and his own did not receive him. When Jesus was born, the world wasn't waiting for Jesus. The world didn't have room for Jesus. There was no room in the inn for Jesus Christ. The world wasn't clapping. It wasn't standing up and saying, finally, he's come. The world was doing its thing in the darkness of sin and evil and deception. And when Jesus came, most people had no time or care that he was here. Most wouldn't receive him. Most wouldn't have room in their lives for him or their hearts for him. Now that is not going to make a good Christmas card. Just not. But it is the reality of that first Christmas. But here is the wonderful news. Some did receive him. And here's the promise. Jesus communicates. This is my last point. He communicates the promise of eternal life. Of God himself, relationship with God himself to all who receive him, who believe in him. 
And that night when Jesus was born, there's no room. Sorry, we got no room in the inn. We got a stinky stable back there. Wouldn't hurt anybody for you to put some hay down. But that's all we got for you. But there were some who had room. There were shepherds at night watching their flocks. There were wise men ready to travel long distances to honor the one born the king of the Jews. We read later in Luke, Simeon and Anna at the temple. They were waiting. They were waiting for him. And for them and for those of us, for any who are ready to receive Jesus, these words are life-giving and true. John chapter 1. Verse 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of man, of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. When we come to Jesus with our mess, you got a mess, I got a mess. When we come to him with our mess, We come to him with our drug addiction, with our alcoholism, with our stupid pride, with our anger problems, with our selfishness, with our laziness, with our whatever the mess is, whatever the darkness is, whatever the thing that our flesh wants to hide. When we come to the light with it, we find that there's mercy in that light. There's forgiveness in that light. There's cleansing in that light. There's life in that light. Because the light of God the Father, the light of God the Son, and the light of the Holy Spirit is not the light of, I love to judge people and want to turn you into toast. It's the light of love and compassion. That's what Christmas is all about. It's a warm light. It's not this distant cold star. It's the warm light of God's love. And that is for all who who come to him. So, bless God for Christmas. Bless God for the gift that God gave to us to make us children of God. We are born again, not by, this is not because, oh, I willed it and I did this and I did that. It is the power and will of God that draws us to him. It is the power and will of God that causes us to come to the light, to receive all that he has for us. It is the power and the will of God. And all we have to do is say yes to that. And he promises eternal life to those who come in faith and trust. Our part is to come to him in faith and trust. And even that, we'll thank God because he's the one who puts that in our hearts to draw near to him in faith and trust. As we close this morning, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, I just want to encourage you to, along with me, to meditate on the the precious meaning. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He did that to love you, to give you what you need so deeply. He loves you personally. And Christmas is a testimony of that. And if you've never received Jesus Christ into your heart, if he's never been your savior, if you've never had a relationship with Jesus, Jesus, his arms are open wide. 
He came for you. He wants you to come to him. The Spirit of God is moving in your heart to draw you to him, to believe in him. You can receive that drawing or you can reject it. But I encourage you to receive it, to move towards him, to let the move of God in your heart draw you to him and not reject it, not push it away, not push away conviction, not push away, I'll do it another day, but to come to Jesus this very morning, to place your faith and your trust in him. And he promises those who come to him, he will give eternal life to And you will be the son, the daughter of God. Let's pray together. In Holy Spirit, we want to receive the working that you are doing this morning in our midst. Lord, for the believer, may you encourage, may you deeply encourage, may you just allow there to be this beautiful moment of revelation of how deeply they are loved and how deeply they are treasured by you. And may that bend their hearts towards love for you and worship of you. And may it lift them out of their daily whatever is going on. That they might get a glimpse of your glory, power, love, compassion, and greatness. Encourage them in Jesus, Lord, I pray. And let Christmas be a very precious, precious time in their faith. And for those who don't know you, I pray that you will draw their hearts. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will draw them to the Savior. To Jesus Christ, the only one who can save, but he who can save. And let them realize that there is no sin they've committed that's too big for Jesus to forgive. There is no darkness that's too dark for his light to overcome. There is no, there's no distance that is too far. That God has not already bridged it through Jesus. And if they come one step, Jesus will run multiple steps to receive them. And I pray that their heart will just open like a flower and they will want Jesus and call upon him and receive him by faith. And we ask this, Lord, and we pray for anyone receiving Christ that you will water and grow that faith from this day forward. And we thank you, Lord, so much for your word and your truth and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.